Lord Jesus, we're so grateful for this place that you've given us, Father, the shelter that you allow us to congregate, Lord. We are blessed beyond measure, Lord. We understand, Father, the sacrifices that it took, Lord. And we appreciate, Lord, that you instilled the strength, Lord, the vision. We ask, Lord, that these tithes and these offerings, Lord, they be multiplied and they be used for a blessing for you, Father. And for you alone, Jesus. As it's been a blessing for us, Lord, and we've recognized this, Lord, we ask that you just continue to help us, Lord, and guide us, Lord. We also ask that you prepare our hearts and our minds, Lord, removing any distraction, anything that separates us, Lord, from the impact that the Word can have in our lives, Lord. We ask this all in your precious and holy name. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. God bless everyone. You all may be seated, brothers and sisters. Bless the group this evening. I tell you that hallelujah anyhow gets me every time. It's a great song. God bless Brother Manuel. I knew there was something wrong when he wanted to retire. I was like, no, we got we can't retire that song. Keep on adding to those, amen. Blessing to the church. I bless uh the classes this evening. Aleluya. Anyhow, no sé cómo decirlo en español, pero está bonito ese canto. Amén. Dios le bendiga y que Dios sigue dándole cantos. Well, it's good to see everyone here, brothers and sisters. I know it's a struggle, it's a battle, it's uh, not easy. It's not something we should take for granted um, that we're here. You know, God has something for us, God has a message, a word for us. There's so many things that were pulling us. There's so many things that pull us from getting to this place of refuge, this place to add to our faith, this place that we call home, this place that we found peace, this place that we have found redemption, uh, and we found God's love. It's a special place. It's a place that um, it's just not uh, walls with a roof. It's a presence of God being here that can change our lives and our hearts and give us motivation amen and we thank god for that uh i believe that there's times in our lives that we find ourselves uh struggling it's a tug of war it's a tug of war between uh flesh and purpose i don't want to even say flesh and the spirit i believe that the spirit uh if we're in the spirit then we're fulfilling god's purpose in our lives and i believe that sometimes that we're battling this tug of war where the flesh pulls us away from god's purpose I want that just to sit in a little bit because some of us are still distracted or lost or whatever almost didn't get you here is almost taking you away from here. So just take that in a little bit. There's something that's uh, difficult. There's a battle that you're, you're going against that you don't have to go against if you just let God uh, pull you towards what he had called you for. You know, you've been called for something. You've been called for something. Wow, what can I have been called for? I'm just, I'm, you know, just a person. Well, yeah, absolutely, but a person with God for him is more than a person. It's, a, it's an intimidating factor to the world, to, to the devil, to know that there's somebody that's wanting to fulfill God's purpose in their lives. Something powerful in that. You may not think you have it. You may not think that you were born with it. Some of this stuff... Uh, is something that gradually your life experiences get you to God's purpose. 
Difficulties get you to God's purpose. Ups and downs get you to God's purpose. But when you recognize that you must be fulfilling God's purpose, you must start fulfilling God's purpose. Because if not, everything else comes against you. And you begin to pull away from something that was so precious to God. And again, curses and all these different things start to come into your lives. And, and it's horrible when you have a cloud that doesn't leave you. And I'm talking about a cloud that is not protecting you, is not keeping you from the sun, but just not allowing the sun to shine on you. And sometimes that is just because of pride, because of our own thoughts, our own feelings, our own beliefs. And that'll get you only so far. And yes, it's gotten to you where you are today, but God can take you so much further if we just humble ourselves to him and recognize that we don't have to be struggling with things that we're still struggling with, going through things that we're still going through. If we let him in and we let him fill up voids, remove things that need to be removed, God can do something tremendous in our lives. And that's exciting. But what doesn't allow us to fulfill God's plans in our lives? What doesn't? What are the things that sometimes you know, keep us away from, from doing that? There's many things, but life distractions are one of the main things. We sometimes bring them upon ourselves. Sometimes they're just in front of us from daily things. The car will break down, but did, would it have broken down if we would have been paying attention to it? Maybe not. But sometimes we bring it upon ourselves. Things will happen to pull us away, to distract us. Things will occupy our minds. There will be things. There will be things that we have to, we feel like must overtake our focus in God. But are, do they really have to? They come up, you know, and you can hear them, and it's, and it's convincing when we hear ourselves saying them. Sometimes it's, I've got to go do this, or I'm going to do this, or I'm taking this job that will take me away from God. What does that mean, brother? It means that, you know, there's got to come into a point in our lives where we have the confidence to say to whatever job we're in front of, I need to have these days off because God's important in my life. And trust that God's going to change the heart of the person that's interviewing to say, all right, yeah, sure, we'll work with that. Isn't that powerful? Sometimes we're afraid because it's like, man, I haven't had a job in a bit. And we allow fear to dictate what God had a plan for us and had something in store for us. Uh, also, our own plans, our own plans, our own desires, our own wishes, that becomes a, a thing that pushes away from fulfilling God's purpose. How can God fulfill the purpose that he has in you if you already have a plan, if you're already following a map that you feel was your direction? How can God take you into his direction if you're looking at your directions? He can't. There's a problem there. There's a problem when we feel like we know where we need to go when the Word of God is guiding us where to go. How can we get there? A veces, hermanos, en uh, el título de uh, la palabra esta noche es uh, aceptando el plan de Dios para ti. Uh, el propósito no es, no es tanto el, el uh, es, um, uh, plan, pero más uh, propósito. El propósito es, es algo más grande, yo creo, que un plan. 
Él tiene propósito para nosotros. Él, él tiene un plan para nosotros, pero propósito para nuestras vidas. El Señor quiere usarnos para su gloria, para su reino. Estamos dejando, hermanos, estamos en una lucha contra nuestra carne y su propósito. No el espíritu, porque el espíritu es algo, sí, hay, hay contra de carne y espíritu, pero el espíritu es el, el propósito de Dios en nuestras vidas. Él, él nos va a guiar para hacer cosas que Dios quiere de nosotros. Él nos guía. Pero el propósito, estamos viviendo el propósito, estamos deseando, deseando el propósito de vivir el propósito en Dios. O nomás estamos viviendo cada día con, uh, con no, no teniendo una esperanza. Yo pienso, hermanos, muchas veces hay dos cosas que vienen en nuestras vidas uh, para quitarnos del propósito de Dios. Uno es las distracciones de nuestra vida. Muchas de ellas son cosas que, que pasan con nosotros. Son cosas que son uh, uh, naturales o son uh, uh, nacidos de nosotros. Son hechos por nosotros, estas distracciones. Si no puedes calmarte en gastar dinero, sí vas a necesitar trabajar más. Si no tienes, si tienes, estás vacío en tu corazón, vas a querer comprar cosas que no puedes pagar o tener y vas a tener que trabajar más, vas a tener ansiedad, vas a tener cosas que vas a querer y desear más cosas. Pero cuando llegamos a un punto donde estamos calmados en cosas y queriendo que, que, que podamos vivir el propósito de Dios. Nuestros planes también son cosas que nos quitan del de propósito de Dios. Ah, yo quiero, yo quiero hacer esto. Yo, yo ah, cuando llego al, a esta edad ya, ya quiero retirarme de trabajar. Yo necesito trabajar mucho. Ya tenemos, ya estamos hablando contra lo que Dios tiene para nosotros. A veces hablamos uh, distracción en nuestros hijos. Hicimos cosas que no era el plan de Dios. ¿Qué cosa no? Ah, tú vas a hacer esto. Ah, vas a hacer esto. El primer presidente en la vida. El primer presidente. Cuando Dios quería algo más grande que eso. Yo no digo que esos, esas cosas son malas, pero qué bonito con, cuando son acuerdos con Dios. Cuando es, cuando es un plan de Dios. You know, we have a lot of desires and sometimes we even push these desires onto our kids. Because again, we're being led by our heart, not by God's purpose or plans. There's a struggle with that. There's a battle. There's a tug of war there that happens. That sometimes when we come here and we're not fully engaged. Why? Because we are worn out. We're, we're fighting, we're tugging against something that we didn't have to be tugging against. We can come here refreshed and, and, and ready and say, okay, God, what's next? I took this hill, God, with you. What's the next hill? What's the next mountain? We're barely getting through the valley. There's a, plan, there's a plan that God has for us, and there's a plan that God had for Paul. When the Lord started touching my heart and I started reading a lot in the Bible, I fell in love with the book of Acts, and I fell in love with the book of Acts because I really felt that it, I'm, I'm a person that likes to visualize things, and I felt like that one I could visualize. I was reading it, and it was like I could see people, and it's a really amazing book, and I read it all in one night. At work. <laughs> I used to watch a machine. It would run for eight hours 
and we had a, a clock that we would set and it had a bunch of thermometers pressure gauges and it would go off and i would have to go do reading so we would sit there kind of like a security guard it was for a big machine for uh for tylenol and and somebody left a little new testament gideon bible there you know those little hotel bibles i left it there and and i, I picked it up one day and it's the new testament right so i got to pick something for the new testament that i'm going to be reading from and this was early on this is before i was married and I started to read the book of Acts, and I said, you know what, I'm going to read the book of Acts. And I started reading it, and I finished it. And I remember reading and seeing things, and like, man, God was, I was able to see Paul. I was able to see people wanting to kill Paul, having a desire to kill him. I was able to see how God had a plan for us, the Gentiles. And there's a passage here that, um, as I read it, this week, it triggered some of these memories that I just shared with you, and, and I love this, and I would recommend to you, for you all to read um, um, chapters 27 and 28. Uh, feel free to read both of them. They're great. But I, I, I honestly tell you to read the book of Acts because it's just a great, it's a great read, but if we could turn to Acts 28, 17. Hermanos, cuando estaba más joven y no estaba casado, todavía Dios me... Estaba hablando en, en cambiar mi vida y todo eso. Que una noche leí el, el libro de Hechos y, y, y que me, me, me gustó mucho este libro porque yo soy una persona que me gusta uh, visualizar lo que estoy leyendo. Más, más, más que entrar en, en creer que estoy ahí. En ese libro uh, se hizo vivo para mí. Y me gustó mucho ese libro que estaba uh, viendo todas las cosas que estaban pasando, pero me gustó porque es también el libro donde reconoció Pablo uh, su propósito a hablarle a los gentiles, a nosotros. Está bien bonito y, y me gusta este, cuando uh, vamos a comenzar a leer en, en Hechos 28, 17, and it came to pass that after three days, Paul called the chief of the Jews together. Now, just to recap, because I'm sorry I just kind of threw you into this. I talked a lot, but I didn't tell you where we're at. Paul gets arrested and gets sent to Rome. And as he is making his way, there's a lot of things that are happening, crazy things. You guys have all heard these things. You know, the shipwrecks, um, snake bites him. He puts his arm through fire. People say he's going to die. He doesn't die. He goes into a town and heals one person, and then all these people start coming to be healed. He's still locked up in chains, but they're letting him still do what he needs to do because the, the guy that's watching him is like, man, there's something about this person. There's some amazing things. Can you imagine that you're locked up? You're, you're, you know, you got to imagine you got to be pretty strong in the mind to still want to do God's will when things are bad for you. That's pretty powerful. Leemos aquí, hermanos, el punto donde vamos a leer. Pablo, uh, how do you say they arrested him? Le, ¿Cómo? Arrestaron. Eh, eh, y lo iban a mandar para Roma. Y en ese, en ese proceso, muchas cosas pasó en su vida. Por eso te estoy diciendo leer los capítulos, si quieres antes, o leer el libro. Y estaban cosas locuras. Entró un barco y los dijo todos los hombres, se... Se, se, va a morir unas personas. Ay. 
arista. Y comenzaron y tempestad vino y, y se levantó otra vez. No se va a morir, na, morir nadie, pero sí vamos a perder el, el, el uh, barco. No se va a morir nadie, pero vamos a perder el barco en una tormenta. Todo lo que decía pasaba. Llegó un pueblo y, y, y sanó un hombre y todos el pueblo que estaban malos vino porque el, el Espíritu estaba con él. La persona que el, el uh, policía, no es policía, pero el guard, I don't know how you say that. El lo que estaba, ¿cómo? El guardia que estaba con él dijo, haga lo que vas a hacer porque podía haber algo diferente de él. No estaba viviendo como, como uh, prisionero. Estaban dejando hacer cosas. Habló, pasó, sanó, vieron cosas y querían que, 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 que sabían que algo estaba con él. Pero vamos a leer aquí cuando llegó a Roma y cuando llegó a Roma quería hablar con los judío, judíos que estaban ahí. ¿Por qué? Porque muchas otras personas que creían en Jesucristo ya, ya estaban gozosos que Pablo estaba ahí porque podía ministrar a ellos. Ahí es donde vas a leer de, en el, el libro de Romanos. Eso, eso es antes de esto. Pero quiere hablar con judíos los que, que, que crucificaron a Jesús. Quería preguntarles a ellos por qué me pasó esto en Israel. So we find out here, we're reading here, and he's, talk, he's asked for for the elders, the Jewish elders to come in and he wants to talk to them about what happened in, 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 in Jerusalem and in Israel. Why did I get arrested? And here we find the conversation. So we're here now. And it came to pass that after three days, Paul called the chief of the Jews together. And when they were come together, he said unto them, Men and brethren, though I have committed nothing against the people or customs of our fathers, yet was I delivered prisoner of Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. Now listen to that. He's very clear in this because you got to remember, it's not like it's Marble Falls and burn it when it comes to Jerusalem and Rome. If you read the voyage, it was a crazy voyage. As, as a matter of fact, there's a part where they said they were going to have to spend the winter in this one port because it was going to be so bad. And it's crazy when you think about that. Could you imagine that? You're traveling, and then you get your layover. They're telling you, hey, you know what? You're probably going to have to stay the, a couple of months here. <laughs> and so all the guys that are there, you're like, let's go, let's go. I think we can make it. Let's go. And they lost everything. They lost everything that was on the ship. This was, not, this was worse than Jonah. Because at least the guys threw off Jonah. This wasn't happening like that. But again, Paul's gone through all this craziness. And he still wants to talk to the elders there about what happened. Qué cosa, hermanos, que pa Pablo pasó todas esas cosas que te estaba diciendo y, y eran cosas terribles en un punto llegó un, el, un, el barco uh, cuando ya iban para Ro, Román Romano Román Roma y llegó el barco y estaban hablando lo quedamos aquí porque uh, en, en el área dice winter el cómo el invierno en in, invierno amen Dijeron que dijeron infierno, infierno. A mí, a mí no me gusta el frío tampoco. <risa> y dijeron, los quedamos aquí. 
Y, y dijeron, ah, ¿sabes qué? ¡Vámonos! ¿Para qué los quedamos aquí? Lo pasamos. Y cuando entraron, pegaron tempestades feos. Feos. Que estaban tirando todo afuera hasta el punto donde tiraron todo. Y pusieron algo para detener el barco, el anchor, no sé cómo se dice, pero ancla. Y se quedó el barco hasta que se quebró y pero todos vivieron. Y todo ese punto, todavía Pablo está queriendo hablar de ellos, no lo que pasó, pero que pasó en Jerusalén. ¿Por qué pasó esto en Jerusalén? No hice nada, no, no dije nada de las creencias de ustedes. No, no, no estaba contra. Porque Jesús no estaba contra las costumbres, las, las creencias de los judíos. Él iba, how do you say fulfill? Hacer, él iba, help me someone, or Jesus. Cumplir, ah, esa es la palabra buena. Lo que estaba escrito de él. No estaba contra. You know, brothers and sisters, we get here and we don't see a bitter Paul here. Could you imagine, like, oh, I got jet lag. Man, he was shipwrecked. No, three days pass, he gets the guys over here and he says, hey, let's talk about this. Because, and he's not like, hey, let me give you the sob story of everything I went through. Because God got him through that. See, he had purpose. God got him through that. And he's there and he wants to tell them about what happened in Jerusalem. And he starts out with explaining something very clear. And he says, look, I, I, you know, I've committed nothing against the people or the customs of, of the fathers. I didn't do nothing. But yet, I was locked up. And we read 18. Who, when they have examined me, would have let me go? Because, oh, go back one. I'm sorry, I didn't, read the, I didn't finish the very bottom part of it. Accustomed Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. So he says he was uh, turned in to the Romans. And listen to, what, listen to what he says, that the Romans, once they knew him and, and they tried to judge him, look what he says on verse 18. That the Romans, who, when they had examined me, who, not the, not the Jews, but the Romans, when they examined me, would have let me go because there was no cause of death in me. Now listen to that, brothers and sisters. Do you remember somebody else that the Romans would have let him go? How terrible is this? There could come a time in, in our lives where the church is going to turn in the church. Not the world turning in the church. We need to wake up and understand that it's time. It's time for us to get serious about things. Because we don't have much time with our kids. We don't have much time with our families. We can't waste time. Verse 19. But when the Jews spoke against it, I was not constrained to appeal unto Caesar. Not that I had ought to accuse my nation of. For this cause, therefore, I have I called for you to see you and to speak with you, because that for the hope of Israel, I am bound with this chain. I'm not bound because of the Romans. But since I was half Roman, I appealed to Caesar, and they sent me here. Thankfully, look at God, how God planned all that out. Isn't that crazy? Because see, if he would have been full Jew, they would have just killed him over there. They wouldn't even have to bring it up to Caesar because they can handle their own problems. 
But God said, hey, you know what? I'm going to spread the seed. I'm going to pick somebody. And the purpose I have for this person, he doesn't know uh, two birds with one stone. It's amazing. You start to look at it, and, 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 then, and, then, and then he declares to them, you know, I, I thought we were supposed to be good. But it's been the Romans that have been good. Remember all his experiences. They were letting him. You even read right before this, they let him live free. They had just a guard with him, but he was living so he could meet people. Look at that. Can you imagine that? How crazy is that, that, that somebody that has you locked up that should be like, no. And they're like, hey, yeah, go ahead and live in a place where people can come and visit you. People that have been hearing, you know, the word that you've been preaching. That's how God opens doors for when he has something for you. Cuando Dios tiene algo para ustedes, hermano, Él abre puertas que no son normales. Que ¿Cómo, cómo, cómo te está pasando eso? ¿No pasa eso con otras personas en tu posición o lo que estás pasando? No van a pasar cosas así si no, no están llevando el propósito de Dios o el plan de Dios. Pero cuando estás viviendo eso, hay algo grande. Verse 21. And they said unto him, We neither received letters out of Judea concerning thee, neither any of the brethren that came showed or spoke any harm of thee. Now listen to that, brothers and sisters, that these guys are all sitting there, and they're like, oh, we really don't know who you are. There's been people that have been coming from over there too, and they haven't told us about you. So opportunity? Maybe. Right? Clean slate, nothing against you that they're going to be thinking of you. So verse 22, he says, but we desire to hear of thee what thou thinkest. For as concerning this sect, we know that everywhere it is spoken against. Now listen to this. Now we've heard about Jesus. We've heard about those beliefs. We've heard about what's happening with that. But we want to hear it from you. Face to face, because we know this is going on. So Paul begins to talk to them in verse 23. And when they had appointed him a day, there came many of him into the lodging to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus. Listen to that. Listen to that. Listen to that, brothers and sisters. Is that Paul starts out and says, why am I here? I'm here by my own people. The Romans wouldn't even have locked me up or done anything to me. Could you imagine hearing that and you're like, man, that's kind of harsh. You know, we should take care of this guy. This is, you know, and the Jews are like that. They'll take care of their, each other. So Paul knows what he's saying here and how to, how to, and then he, he says here, he goes, I'm, you know, he's realizing that I came over here to tell them about Jesus. They're giving me an opportunity. So he persuades them concerning Jesus, both out of the law of Moses. See, Paul's Jew, Jewish and he understands the old law, and out of the prophets from the morning till the evening. Again, Paul's not bitter. How many of y'all struggling with being bitter? How many of y'all can't even get to God's purpose or get something in your life because you're bitter? I promise you one thing, that fulfilling God's uh, purpose and his plan, you, you can't do it if you're bitter. better person can't get past themselves how can they fulfill god's 
purpose, if they can't get past themselves. What's that How do you say better? Armadigal? Amargo? Si estás amargo, hermanos, en algo en tu vida, que algo que pasó, estás pensando siempre en eso, y estás enojado, y tenemos una predicación en eso, y sufres en eso, hermanos, que eso no te va a dejar vivir un propósito en Jesús, porque siempre vas a estar en tu pensamiento. What an opportunity we have to live a God-filled purpose life. But if we're bitter, we can't. We won't. If you feel different, come and talk to me later because we can definitely talk about that one because we won't. How can we be bitter about something and not see what God has planned for us? Not get excited about that. Verse 24. And some of them believed the things which were spoken. But of course, and some believed not. You know, Paul, at one time, and I'm not sure, you, you read more, at one time, he knew he was going to die in Rome. Can you imagine that? Could you imagine that? And I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to go talk to some people, but you're going to die in the process of talking to them. This is a different type of purpose, and this is something that, that, you know, God's asking you for some simple things. He ain't taking you on a Paul journey. But some of us are so, but you're taking away this from me, and that's worse than other things. It's really not when you put it into perspective. Verse 25. And when they agreed not among themselves, they departed after that Paul had spoken one word, well spoke the Holy Ghost by Isaías, the prophet, unto our fathers, saying, go unto this people. Listen to this, brothers and sisters. So they all spoke, but this kind of triggered them in a bad way too. The word of God can trigger you. And see, he's preaching here. He's preaching out of the word of God here. And look, look what it says here. Uh, saying, go unto this people and say, hearing ye shall hear and shall not understand. And seeing ye shall see and not perceive. Una ofensa que tenían cuando leyó esto a ellos. No le gustaron esto, pero era palabra. Isaías. Diciendo, ve a este pueblo y diles, oído oiréis y no entenderéis, y viendo veréis y no percibiréis. So, when we read that, and we're not convinced, and we're not, it's an offense to us, it's a stumbling block. We're here, and we hear this. We hear the word of God. We hear the word of God being preached. It's being, it's pushing us. But yet, some of us, we're hearing and not understanding. We're seeing and not perceiving. Why? 
Because again, it's the tug of war. Life sometimes pulls so much that you lose any kind of ability to understand or perceive. And we keep on reading here, verse 27, for the heart of this people is waxed gross and their ears are dull of hearing and their eyes have they closed lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and should be converted and I should heal them. Verse 28. Be it known therefore unto you that the salvation of God is sent. Listen to this. Listen to this. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Paul, for understanding that God had called you for something great, even though you were going to suffer, even though you were going to go through something, so the word could be reached to us. That God is sent unto the Gentiles and that they will hear it. How will they hear it? Because they're not going to let customs, they're not going to let traditions, they're not going to let pride step in the way of something God trying to introduce such a great salvation and a love for his people, for his creation. Can you imagine that? See, see, it was all going good. Oh, it was all going good. You almost had me convinced until you started talking about Gentiles. But Paul had to fulfill what God had called him for. To get to Rome, to see Jews that were there at Rome, and tell them, you see these people around you that probably are pagans, that a lot of stuff that you just judge and all this stuff? They're going to see it. They're going to hear it. They're going to understand it. Can you imagine how offended you would be? But I go to church, Brother Gabe. I know how many, uh, Bible, uh, how many books are in the Old Testament. Most of us didn't know that. So. <laughs> you offend me with saying that. They got offended. Verse 29. And when he had said these words, the Jews departed and had great reasoning among themselves. Verse 30. And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house. Listen to that. Paul's locked up in his own house. Not normal. And received all that came into him. And people would go visit with him. Why? Because the word of God was going to be spread. And you, you could spread the word of God when you have better Wi-Fi. You know that? He was in a city a city that a lot of people would come and visit, right? Gladiators, oh, we're going to go watch, you know, all these different things. And they would say, hey, hey, I know you're here to see the games, but come and meet this guy, Paul. Let him tell you about the good news. And then they would go. God was doing something tremendous. Are you seeing God? Are you fulfilling something that God can do in you or or are you having a hard time getting away from yourself? Because yourself's not going to do anything but hold you back until you start to see how God sees you and what God wants from you. God, it's beautiful. Qué bonito es, hermanos, cuando 
Ya no estamos pensando solamente en nosotros, en nuestras necesidades. Pero el propósito que tiene Dios para nosotros. Para nosotros es fácil para quedarnos y pensar, hay esto, hay esto, hay esto, ahí me quedo en esto. Pero cuando comenzamos a pensar lo que Dios necesita de nosotros, Can you imagine having that courage and faith just to let go? Like the disciples did. Could you do it? Could you do it? Could you do it? I'm looking at you. Crazy, huh? Could you do it? Oh, yeah, I could do it. Yeah, but some of you have blind faith that just jump into it, not thinking through all things. But Jesus, he knows. He's called us. To be good, to be stewards of the faith. Light in the darkness. And sometimes we have a difficulty with that. He's not asking you to sell it all, quit it all, and go on a mission. He's just asking you to get through the day and show him in your day. Verse 31. Preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence no man forbidding him. Look at that. He's in another country. Yeah, it's the country where he's from, was born from, family's from. But God gave him the confidence saying, I got you through storms. I got you through snakes. I got you through those Jews. Now build your confidence and know that I'm going to be with you. And speak with power. Ooh. So, so brothers and sisters, we see Paul, right? And that's the pinnacle of fulfilling God's purpose. We know John the Baptist, right? Who are you? Hey, tell him that the blind see and all this stuff. Perfect. Put me on the plate. Again, these are men that courageous examples. But now we get to a point where we're struggling. Why are we struggling? Because there's doubts that come into our life. But let's turn to Jeremiah 29, 11. Why do I read this verse all the time? It's a verse that we should know. It's why, why, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. If, I, if you're fulfilling my purpose, know this, that I know what your future's going to be like and what I'm going to take you through and I'm going to provide for you. That confidence must be in us to know that God is going to be with us through all things. A little turbulence happens and we start to think that God's not there. God's not going to be there. Maybe this wasn't God. A moment that we know that God has called us and we see desires for things that we've gone through. Ese versículo, hermanos, me gusta. ¿Por qué? Porque me gusta porque... Es algo que debe, se debe engravar en nuestra mente, que debemos sentir que, que tenemos una confianza que Dios va a estar ahí para nosotros en todo. Es una declaración, como dice aquí, que Él tiene planes para nosotros. Pero el problema es que entramos en nuestros planes. ¿Para qué? ¿Qué ganamos? ¿Estamos ganando algo, hermanos, estando en nuestros planes? Si son contra, 
algo que tiene Dios para usted. Nomás es un plan como otro hombre en el mundo puede tener. Pero cuando Dios está ahí, ahí las puertas se abren. Dios ilumine, ilumine, ilumine. How do you say light lights up? Ilumina tu camino. Cuando es de Dios. I tell you, it, 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 you know, just know if you're struggling right now, if you're going through difficult times, if you're not seeing it, you know, first of all, again, we've talked about these things. Ask, are you, are you in sin? Are you, are you, are you being tested? Are you, are you not being faithful? Those are three simple things. And then, and then you can bring in right there, God, am I hearing what you're telling me to do? Because if I'm, I'm not hearing, I'm not doing it. That is sin, just so you know. Being disobedient is sin. Brother Gabe, I want to know what that is. Yeah, I, yeah, trust me. I told you, what's my biggest fear? Anybody remember what my biggest fear? Anybody? Anybody ever listen to me here? I say it all the time. My biggest fear is that I'm going to be on my dying bed. And I'm not going to know if I live God's purpose in my life when I'm dying. I felt that a long time ago when, as I saw the first person take their last breath. Am I going to live God-filled life? Or am I going to get distracted? I don't want to get distracted anymore. Romans 8:28. Romanos 8:28. Y sabemos que a los a los que a Dios que a Dios aman todas las cosas les ayudan a bien. Es a saber a los que conforme al propósito son llamados. And we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God. To them that are called according to his purpose. God's got a plan for our future. He declares it in Jeremiah. In Romans, he wants us to know, if, look, if you're loving God and, you, and your life's about God and you want God, You think about it, brothers and sisters. We got a lot of time that we probably don't think about God. We only think about God maybe sometimes on the days that we're coming to church. It can't just be that. It can't just be that. I'm sorry. Are we adding to our faith? You're not going to get enough of it if you just come uh, two days really out of getting the word. You're not getting enough of it if you're not meditating, if you're not, if you're not reading and adding to it. You're not getting enough. You're stunted in your growth. Five years from now, you'll look and nothing happened. You stayed in milk when God had meat for you. Hay algo poderoso, hermanos, cuando entendemos que, que si no estamos añadiendo nuestro fe, pero tú, cuando entendemos que no estamos aprendiendo más y si nomás venemos para la iglesia y creemos que, que dos días de, de oír la palabra es suficiente no es hermanos algo necesita pasar donde un amor comienza algo necesita pasar donde no te estás viendo como te has visto te has visto en, en, en el pasado que no es que no entiendo como, como dijo el hermano René pues pídele entendimiento. 
No te no has ca uh, quedas ahí creyendo que no vas a poder entender. Si tienes deseo para entender. Some of us, I just can't understand. It's hard for me. It's not a good reason. I tell you, this is life. How much effort do you put in life during the week? Oh, let's, we got to think about it. Or is life taking too much of it from us? You know, we talked a little bit on Sunday about doing classes during the week, and it's like, who might not show up on that? It don't matter, because they still need to happen. Because we're two or three are gathered, God's going to be there. But if you're, if you're occupied in things, which it happens, just make sure you're in the spirit, you're desiring. Listen, praise, add to your faith. Make sure you stay in God's purpose and plan, amen? Proverbs 22, 6, ah, another good one right here that we should remember. Train up a child in the way he should go, and he will, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. What is that? I mean, Brother Gabe, I've heard that one before, but again, look, this is what we're missing. We're missing this. Kids are moldable, malleable at, this, at ages. Are we doing that? Are we spending the time teaching them so when they do get older, there's going to be a desire to? Are we letting their life's distractions start to distract them and pull them away? You don't want to hear me, do you? You don't. But I guarantee you there's some people here that will talk to you about that. And it's hard. Yes, it is. Man, the fruits of it are amazing. We know, when you know your kids have a solid foundation, What does it mean to train them up? It means that you teach them these important things that we should know that they have a desire for this. Because if we don't and we just let them, then life becomes a distraction for them and starts to pull them. And we expect them to. Greater condemnation on them, on us, knowing to do right, and we still don't do it. It's one thing when we didn't know how to do those things. You know, some, some parents, I had, you know, I had a parent too that was my way or the highway. That's all he knew. He didn't want me to be like that, though. I used to tell him, I said, man, who is this guy? You're so nice to the grandkids. You know what he told me? Yeah, but I expect you to you're, be wiser. Smarter. He liked timeout. I wish we would have had timeout, but we didn't. <laughs> we had beat out. <laughs> we had brick, uh, uncle throwing a brick at, at us out. And the expectation was for us to be wiser so our kids wouldn't get bitter to the things of God, but we wouldn't let the leash go so far that they couldn't find it back. And God gives us an opportunity, amen? Train up your child. While you have them, train them up. Because one day you won't have them and you, it'll be hard to get them back. And all the efforts that you had had gone to waste.
Help us, God, in this. Convict our hearts on this, God, because that's so serious. Psalms 24. Grant thee according to thy own heart and fulfill all thy counsel. May he grant your, your, you your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. Now listen to this, brothers and sisters. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and what? You see, brothers and sisters, when, when, when I've always thought this right here. A lot of the times we have a desire, right? And, and that desire is kind of like, a, you know, I have a desire of eating something, right? Everybody looks at me and says, duh, I can see that. But I stop thinking about it. That desire goes away. You ever have a craving, right? You're like, and then you get to the store and you forgot what you were craving? Because it went away. But when God has a plan for you, he knows what your heart needs, not what your heart's desiring at that time, but just because you saw a commercial and you're like, I think I can make that payment. You ain't listening to me, are you? You ain't hearing me. You ain't hearing me. You ain't hearing me. You're so caught up in yourself, you're not hearing me. It's a shame. Because the struggle just will be there. I mean, you know, I, 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 again, I, I'll say this all the time. I don't speak to hear my own voice. I speak because God has convicted me in this. If he's called me to live a life fulfilled by him, a purpose for him, that's all me. But is he calling you? Because if he's calling you for this and you're not doing it, And there should be a concern in that. If we read here in Ephesians 3, 8. We see here Paul talking. Now to the Ephesians. And to me who I am less than the least of all saints. Listen to this. Come on, Paul. I hear you, I hear you. I know, I know that you, you feel this, but what an opportunity God gave for us to be able to hear his precious word by encouraging you to stand against traditions, traditions that you were fulfilling. I mean, he was jealous for the things of the Jews, wasn't he? Right? Was there when they stoned Stephen? Saw that? Jealous. And he carried probably a lot of stuff. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine what Paul carried? That stuff doesn't go away. You know, we'd hear Pastor talk about, you know, the his friend that passed away and he saw him pass away. That stuff doesn't go away from you when it's on you. But yet Paul had some peace, had something that had opened up his eyes and gave him new purpose. That I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches. Oh, man, the unsearchable. Come on, Paul. Can't use a word like that. The unsearchable riches of Christ. Verse 9. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world had been hid in God. 
created all things by Jesus Christ. There's, there's something, you know, that there's power in, in the word, this, this, this rich, richest that's unsearchable, this, this, this mystery that's hidden in, in parables and in the way you're reading it and how God's directing you through it, showing you and revealing it to you. Revelation is something that God gives you when you start to line yourself up with him. How come I don't get revelation, brother? Well, your Wi-Fi signal's not that good. Get closer to the router. Get closer to him. You'll see your download speeds are better. You'll see clearer. My kids understood that one. And the Wi-Fi's down. Verse 10. To the intent that now unto the principalities and the powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. Verse 11. According to the eternal purpose which he proposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Verse 12. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. You see, Paul had this experience in Rome, going to Rome, saw all the things. And what motivated him through all these things was understanding the boldness of Christ. How could this man have left his throne, become a servant, and give his life for me? Oh, man, that got him. That made Paul not think about all the baggage that he had. Made him think about that Christ did something amazing for me. Verse 13. Oh, I'm sorry. The boldness and access with confidence by the faith of Christ. What is this faith that's in Christ? What is this that God wants from us? Are we living it, brothers and sisters? Or again, are we just caught up in ourselves? If we can only have a gauge, if we can only have something in our lives that would show us that it's just, again, everything that happens is about me and my gains, what I can achieve, but not what God can achieve using me. How beautiful is that when it stops being about you and how God can use you? Does that change everything? Would that just change if right now it was exposed and, and your picture ended up in the screen behind me and it showed all the things that you were doing and you were about? You know, Brother Lorenzo was talking about it a few weeks ago that he, that's the thing he, he, he fears, right? Getting to heaven and then the, the video starts to play of your life in front of everyone else. Sometimes we naturally expose ourselves, you know? Right now it's just like, you know, I'll be talking to somebody, and they're like, oh, yeah, I see that person. I see, I, I, I follow them. Uh-oh. I'm going to lose you again, but I'll keep on going. I don't care. Oh, yeah, I see. Yeah, they're into those things. Oh, okay. Again, we expose ourselves that we don't even need a, uh, an end reel in heaven because of all the reels that we have that are just playing every single day. You don't want to hear me, do you? Am I bothering you yet? 
And I tell you one thing, that this is real in our lives. It's got to be real in our lives. It's bitter sometimes when you're taking it, but sometimes medicine is also. Because we ain't got much time. We need to take advantage of this time together. And I know there's struggles. I know there's difficulties. I know that we don't understand stuff, but that's why we're going to get together. That's why iron's going to sharpen iron. And that's why we're going to talk more. Get closer as a family. Understand each other because everyone here is special. Every one of y'all is special. You can't even see it, how special you are, because you're too busy seeing what the world tells you you are and what the enemy tells you you are, not seeing what God has for you, planned for you much he loves you. Hermanos, no se ha acabado el plan que tiene Dios para usted. Muchas veces estamos, um, uh, no, no lo estamos moviendo porque como lo sentimos, como lo sentimos como estamos viviendo nuestras vidas o lo que pasó en nuestras vidas. O como dije, que estamos, todavía estamos doloridos en algo que no queremos dejar. ¿Cómo, cómo podemos a, a, a estar, ser hijos uh, de Dios y todavía doloridos de algo que pasó? ¿Entendemos eso, hermanos? ¿Cómo podemos estar doloridos en algo del pasado sabiendo que Dios ya quitó todo pecado Y no podemos perdonar cosas. Y a veces es nuestro mismo persona. Y pero el día que estás libre en eso, ay, que, que Dios te usa. Pero viene todo que te quiere robar en eso. Que te quiere quitar de, de ver el propósito que tiene Dios para usted. El momento que hablas. No hablas con dolor, pero hablas de donde Dios te llevó, rayó. El momento que haces eso, que descubres eso, liberación. Pero muchos de nosotros no queremos hablar de eso. ¿Por qué? Porque es como un, no sé cómo se dice, blanket que llevamos. Una cobija. No me lo vas a quitar. Yo lo necesito. This is real talk right here that a lot of the times we're holding on to things and just rather be that, like I've always said, just so we can keep on the handicap sign when we need it. When we do something, well, you just don't understand this happened to me. We go on through years and something happens again. Well, you don't understand that happened to me. Well, you don't have to hold on to any of these things anymore. Nothing has to happen to you anymore from the past. You don't understand, Brother Gabriel. I guess I don't, but I understand one thing. I know the power of God and where he gets to. And when God, you let God get there and there's no walls and there's no, you can't, you know, don't come in. But the moment you let him in, you say, God, go to it. You know where it's at. Take it. Take that hurt. Take that rebellion. And you know what? It started with hurt. It started with a, a cause, but it's not that hurt anymore. Now it's all this nastiness of rebellion, pride, yourself that's surrounding it. 
It was hurt. Yeah, something happened. But now this whole nasty root is all around it that's got to get cleared out. And that's the process that it takes, is recognizing what it is. And with God pulling off things. In those moments that you start to see the healing, you start to feel something. Nobody wants to be ugly to somebody else. But what happens, that bitterness of whatever was in life that caused you this, causes you to react this way. Nobody wants to be bitter. Go hear that message. You know, that week that I preached that, you know, pastor, he offended me. He offended me. And I was hurt. I'm like, why in the world? Because he was hurt. And God calmed me. They say, you got to understand one thing. When people are hurt, they hurt. And there's people here that are hurt that are hurting. And he came up to me after that preaching, and I thought he was going to get me. I was like, hey. He came right here, and he was crying. And he said, thank you. I needed that. But I thanked him because I needed to see that. Because if he could get to a place of repenting, I can get to a place to repent. And be free. I want to be free. I don't want to be held back by things anymore. Cuando hermanos estamos sufriendo con algo, estamos llevando algo, tenemos dolor, causamos dolor con otras personas. No queremos, pero lo estamos haciendo. ¿Por qué? Porque estamos pensando en los problemas en nuestra vida. Lo que lo pasó a nosotros. Y no debemos. Y hacen el pasado. Si estás sufriendo en esto, hermanos, esta noche que vamos a pedir todos que vengan para orar, venga con propósito de orar en eso. It's time to let that go. And let God fulfill what he has for you. Why don't we all stand up, brothers and sisters? Why don't we all pass up? I don't know what it is. I don't know why the struggle's been here in our lives. I don't know why we keep on repeating. We're on, we're on a repeat cycle of, of hurt and pain. I think that there's times in our lives where we think we're on the right path or we're fulfilling God's purpose, but we end up catching ourselves that we're involved in it. Our hurt's still there. Our pain's still there. And action's still there. And there we go tumbling down the mountain again. And it gets old, it gets tiring. I know, I understand it. It's like, how can I be after all these years still here and this got exposed? I remember hearing that. I remember hearing that, you know, from somebody is like, all these years, all these years serving God, and this one thing happened and it showed that I still wasn't right. I still had something in me. Yeah, because that's how God works. If God starts something, he's going to finish it. 
It's terrifying when you fall into the hands of a living God. It's terrifying when you fall into the hands of a living God. You hear me what I'm saying? It's terrifying. Why? Because God has you in his hands and he's going to shape you, mold you, know what you need. Even though you think you know what you need, you might not. But right now, if you're struggling with something that's not allowing you to fulfill God's purpose, I ask you tonight to leave it here because it's getting old. This is getting old. This is getting old. You know, I can only watch Back to the Future so many times. The first hundred times is awesome. (laughs) But then it gets old. And so are things that we're not overcoming and achieving. Take this prayer seriously and ask God, God, do it. Do this. Show me. I don't want to just talk anymore because I've done a lot of talking. I'll get up and I talk. I'll ask for this. I'll say I'm this. I'm saying I'm, I'm focused on this, but I'm done talking. Now I'm asking you, God, to turn on this path for where I need to go and start right now in me, Jesus. Remove. Remove things from me tonight, Father. Some of us have to have the courage to say, God, remove things from me. Some of us don't want to get things removed from us. Could you imagine that if if your life was different tomorrow, could you live with your life if it was God's purpose? Does it mean that you didn't have things that you have? focuses and passions that you normally have. It's a terrifying thing when you start to think about it, and that's why the young man turned around and didn't follow Jesus. But man, when you're in this little, the weird moment when you're like, I'm on the edge. Somebody pushed me. Oh man, there's something that's really amazing at this point when you're like, God, I want to just completely sell out. You see, some of us, we came here, and we just came here just for the show. Some of us came here because our heart got pricked. And we want to go now onward with Christ. Hermanos, en esta oración queremos pedirle a Dios que ya, ya con las cosas que estamos gastando tiempo en nuestras vidas, el dolor, lo que sea, yo, yo no entiendo cosas, las excusas. Esa es la oportunidad ahorita en este momento a dejar cosas aquí en el altar y decirle a Dios, Dios perdóname Dios. Debía saber que, que no era tu culpa que cosas pasaron, que, que vi, vi cosas, que estoy en cosas ahorita. No es tu culpa Dios, es mía y este mundo que no te honra, no cree en ti. Pero en este momento yo quiero creer en ti, Dios. Yo quiero creer en ti, Dios. En este momento aquí, yo quiero saber que tienes un plan para mí, un propósito. Let's pray with this desire for God to reveal it. And let's be ready. Because it could be scary if he reveals it to you.
and he shows you something. Lord Jesus, we come before you, Father. I want you to bring this peace in our lives, Lord, right now to understand one thing, Father, that anything that you take from us, Jesus, you don't leave it void, Father. You fill it up. There's some of us here that are afraid to pray for something, Lord, thinking that it'll be gone and we won't have a security, we won't have a reason, Father, to when we stumble. I ask, Lord, that you bring this peace into them, saying, I'll give you new reasons to rise. We're grateful, Lord, because your word tells us, Jesus, of your faithfulness and the trueness of who you are, Jesus. We've seen it in believers, Lord, that have been here. We've seen great sacrifices in their lives, Lord. And we ask, Lord, for that strength, Lord, for that spirit that you have put in them, Lord, the the desire that you've placed in them, Father. We know, Lord, that there are things in our lives, Lord, that we do, Father, just to sustain for our families and do things. But I'm talking about the other things that we waste our time in that we can apply towards you, Father. That we start to see the things that we waste time in, Jesus. I ask, Father, that you just bother us, Jesus. You confound our minds, Lord, that we don't have a desire for these things, Lord. That we have a desire for you, Jesus. Bless this church, Lord. Bless all my brothers and sisters here, Father. Heal hurt that's here right now, Father. I ask that you give wisdom, Lord, because there's a lack of wisdom, Father. And I tell you, Lord, that you are the God of wisdom. You're the God of understanding, Jesus. If there's confusion in people's lives, Lord, that they draw towards you, Jesus, not towards themselves or others, Lord, that pull them away from you, Father. We thank you, Lord, for everything that you do, Lord, everything that you've given us, Father. We ask, Lord, and that we pick ourselves up and start to practice, Lord, what we know, Father, to strengthen ourselves, Lord. But we also ask, Lord, that, that we don't want to see these things anymore that reveal themselves, Lord, that pull us away from you, Jesus. We want to trust in you with all our hearts, Lord. And I ask, Lord, that again, Father, that you put pressure in our minds and our lives, Lord, to whatever it takes, Father, to get back in line to fulfill your purpose, Jesus. Whatever that purpose is, Lord, I don't know what that purpose is, Jesus. I'm not talking about it's all a Paul purpose of, of, of going to another country, Lord, and doing these things. It could be as simple as anything doing it for your glory, Jesus, and your honor, Jesus. But I ask, Lord, that you put yourself, Father, in our lives, Lord, in the center of us, and that our desire is to follow you, Jesus. Bless the families here, Lord. Bless the kids here, Jesus. Bless the young people here, Father. The young people are being pulled in so many different directions, Lord, that they can't see it, Jesus. They think that they're fulfilling your purpose, Lord, but they're so confounded in themselves, Lord. Help them to hear your voice, Lord, to have a desire to be with you, Lord, to talk with you, Jesus, to learn from you, Jesus. Help us, Jesus, to get closer to you, Lord. And I thank you, Father. I thank you for this place, Lord, that the desire that the hands that built this place, Lord, with a desire for families to grow here. 
Let your spirit guide us, Lord, in everything. Protect us, Lord, always. Yes, it's all in your precious and holy name. In the name of Jesus, amen.